COVID related fraud. I was taught we were talking with a friend the other day and there are so many business owners that got themselves caught up in this. One is because they were they didn't realize that they were doing something wrong. But I'm just yeah. like, hey, we need to correct this because if you get caught, they may not accept the fact of like ignorance is not a defense for nope. breaking the rules. On this week's tax tea, we're talking about a gentleman. And this is why I say that this was not a situation where he did not know what he was doing was wrong. To your point, when it comes to COVID-19 fraud or issues, I think a lot of, especially with like the EIDA loans, which we'll talk about, I think it, it, let me look this up, economic injury disaster loan, where people were taking money and there were certain criteria that had to be met for you to qualify for these loans. Um, I think some business owners just didn't really know or they were ignorant. So they made mistakes and they applied for it. They got the money. They had to pay it back, whatever. In this case, this gentleman was convicted. Um, like you said, Terrell, I think in this case, definitely the sentence is lighter than situations we've seen. So in this case, his punishment is one year of probation. I'm not really sure what the probation entails, but he does have to pay back all of the money that he was given under the IDIE. IEDL loan. Um, so he has to pay back the $117,000, which was the amount he took. And so basically what happened in this situation is this guy was overstating. He basically was cooking the books. I mean, I'm just going to put it like that. So he was overstating his revenue and he was understating his, his expenses. He lied on his financial statements, made up. He basically was playing I don't even know if she, I don't even know what the right word is to use, but he was making up financial statements. He was cooking his own books. He basically reported false revenue. He reported uh, revenue that didn't exist. He reported excluded some of the transactions he should have included in his business. Um, but it was just really bad. And basically, of course, the accountant did not play a role in this because the accountant did not exist. <laughs> He was the accountant. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this situation was just really, it's very simple. He was not ignorant. He intentionally fabricated his financial statements to get out of, to basically qualify for the EIDL loan, qualify for the loan, got payouts of $117,000. The IRS found out, and now he's going to be a, on a year of probation, which I'm not really sure what that means. And then he has to pay back the $117,000. So I think whatever timeline he had has been revoked and he has to pay that money back. Wow. I mean, Probably know, interest. I will say that is unfortunate that, you know, one is, is that a person would do something like that, where it's like they would intentionally fake the financial statements and the financial reports qualify for the loan. And while this person did this intentionally, one of the things that I saw from a lot of small business owners is because they didn't have a, a good bookkeeping process when it mm. came down to filing for loans or even when it came down to filing for grants where financial statements were required is they ended up making up some of the numbers because they Actually, hadn't been keeping yeah. up their books. And so yep. they were like, well, I think the numbers are this. I think the numbers are that. And they started kind of making up some numbers or, yeah. and the thing about it is if their numbers ever got audited, they would not be able to support it, which 
<laughs> in the eyes of the law, it would look very similar to this guy that had fake Pretty financial much. statements to secure Pretty a loan, much. which is yeah. why I always tell people is that, you know what? Sometimes when it comes down to, you know, some, some types of crimes, when it comes down to some crimes, like when it's in a criminal court, like intent may be part of what has to be improved. Like, hey, you intended to, mm-hmm. to, to wrong someone or you intended to defraud someone. And I'm like, yeah. you know, for some of things related to finances and when it comes down to loans, when it comes down to taxes, you may not have intended to defraud the government or you may not have intended to, you know, give false statements or false information. So when the IRS finds out, they may not necessarily, you know, throw the harshest penalties at you, but you still are going to get a penalty. Like you're still going to have to pay the money back. You still may get a penalty. You may even get charged interest and it may become public that you have been found, you know, you're being investigated or you're being reviewed. So, I mean, imagine if you're a, you know, you're a restaurant and Mm -hmm. you are being investigated for, you know, by the IRS. When that news becomes public, like, People aren't going to really sift through it and say, well, it was an unintentional mistake that was made. It was something minor. People are just going to hear you're being investigated. And that becomes very important because let's say, you know, if you're a dentist or you're a doctor, let's say if you're a lawyer, let's say if you're an accounting firm and you are getting (laughs) off, you you are getting investigated to the IRS, like that kills your reputation. And some yeah. of that stuff could be avoided because, some, you know, before the IRS just jumps into an all-out investigation of you, there are some, you know, letters that are sent requesting information. And the problem is, is if you don't have the, the backup or the documentation to respond immediately or w- pretty quickly after you get the letter, then what ends up happening is you could find yourself having to go through an investigation because you couldn't find the data to respond properly. And that's why I'm like, you know what? You want to make sure that you have good bookkeeping practices. You want to make sure that your financials are reliable and they are, they reasonably represent the reality of what happened with your business. And Mm -hmm. you can get that working with a good bookkeeper. And then when you're working with a tax preparer, it's just making sure that they're giving you, you know, some good solid advice like not just telling you what you want to hear um because yeah. i think that there are so many businesses that are trying to do the right thing but unintentionally making some of the same mistakes that guy made and if they get caught it's going to it's going to reflect negatively on them and their business even though they didn't intend to do the wrong thing Yeah, no, I I agree. And like you said, it's not about intent. The fact is you did what you did. And um, I mean, listen, I hope he has $117,000. I hope he has it because if he doesn't, I mean, can you imagine now you got to pay the IRS that money back? You probably already spent it on something else. So anyways, what, what this just means to nicely cap up what Terrell said, is just make sure you're working with the right accountants. Don't work with someone who's shady or, hey, don't take it upon yourself to do something when you don't know, like, what you're doing. I mean, 
I think it's extremely important to invest the money in paying somebody that knows what they're doing. And like we talked about, February 14th is a really great time to evaluate the relationship with the existing accountant that you do have, because you want to make sure that you're being treated properly and you want to make sure that people are doing the right things. So yes, that wraps up our tax tea for the week. Thank you guys for tuning in until next time. Mm-hmm.